Ina kaiti mohio kwe kowai kwe i anga mai kwe ihia kaiti mohio kwe kaiti anga atu kwe kihia. If you know who you are and where you are from, then you will know where you are going. He mihi tēnei ki a tātou katoa, nau mai anō ki te wāhanga nei o Te Ahikā, ko Maraia Rakraku i tēnei. And I'm Justine Murray and this is Te Ahikā on Radio New Zealand National. In this week's edition of Te Ahikā, I'm on board the ship Tōhora, that's a Māori word for whale, and I see my first Tōhora when I joined tourists and the crew of Whale Watch Kaikoura. So Maraia, what was it like? One word, Justine. Three syllables. Amazing. And as you can tell, Mariah was very excited like a kid in a candy store. Oh my goodness, there's two. We're probably, yeah, what, two. how far away are we? About 200 metres? Oh my God, I want to away see. From come, on, come on, close, come on, close, come on, close. Oh, it's blowing its spout. Oh my goodness. We've got two. We've got two and we're right in the middle of two whales. And Justine's at the National Queer Youth Hui held at Tapitiranga Marae in Wellington, where Levi Bristow recalls memories growing up in Firinaki in the far north. Growing up in the valley in Firinaki and with my comats and queer and my cousins and all yes. those, you know, I still had to do the boy thing, the Māori boy thing. You played rugby every Saturday with everybody else, you went to rugby training, but coming out... You know, everybody else knew that there was something unique about you. Yeah. And a bit of a cack hand and, you know, <laughs> your hand on the hope. <laughs> the group also had a fun-filled talent show and we'll hear them practising for their performance. It's not all fun and games, though. When we revisit a hate crime that filled the headlines in December 2006 when Takatapui Stanley Waipodi was beaten to death. I'm Maraia Rakuraku. And I'm Justine Murray and this is Te Ahika. Gay lesbian, transgender, transsexual, bisexual are all terms associated with sexual preference. And the common Māori term to describe those terms is takatāpui or takāpui. It was scholar Nahui at the Awekotsuku who outed the term, though it's been around for a while, and she suggested that manuscripts written by Te Arawa Rangatira Wirimu Maihi Te Rangikāheke told of a relationship between Tutanekai and his male companion, now this is the same Tutanekai in the Tiarua legendary love story of Hinemoa and Tutanekai. Hinemoa was a puhi or a princess of her hapu and her beauty was infamous throughout the whole of Tiarua. And Tutanekai was a hunter and gatherer from Makoya Island, also known as Temosutapu Atsunido. And just like Romeo and Juliet, the families of both Hinemo and Tutanekai didn't approve of the romance. One evening, so strong was the love that Hinemo had for Tutanekai that she snuck away from her pa, took some hue or calabashes from the pātaka or food storage house to help keep her afloat as she swam out to Makoya to be with her love. So getting back to the word takatāpui, this term was used to describe a relationship between that same tūtānekai, as mentioned earlier, with his companion Tiki. And it wasn't necessarily about a sexual relationship either, its meaning was more about companionship with the same sex. Though in today's world it does encompass a sexual relationship. Recently, Justin caught up with some takatāpui Māori at the National Queer Youth Hui, organised by the Out There project team of the New Zealand AIDS Foundation. Tapu Teranga Marae offers some solace and some comfort uh, to this particular hui. It is the Queer Youth National Conference and it's 
The marae is, well, it's not a typical marae for whare nui na whare tipuna in a kitchen. It's bits of large driftwood. Just imagine the biggest piece of driftwood you could see on a beach, and that has formed the structure of this mini village, you could call it, with a a whare um, on the lower level, and then as I look above uh, the top level, it's almost a four-storey cabin in the middle of nowhere, but it's in central Wellington, which is really weird. And we can hear the Māori youth of this queer who are practising for the items tonight, a pōwhakangaho, or a cultural um, celebration. And they're learning the words to a Māori song called Pūriane. This is your fella's item. Okay? I see if you get double points for participation, 10 out of 10. Mahere is to relinquish those those bondage, don't be in bondage. Yeah, bondage. Yeah. is to let your spirit free, not necessarily just to fly. Kinga ao o terangi. And that's um, to the distant planets and stars beyond the um, beyond the horizons. What do they call it? The, into the celestine? Into the oh, celestial. No, yeah, into the celestial. And once again the sun will shine. And you are able to, it's like, um, whatever trouble or, or shit you're going through today, it's okay because you go to sleep tonight and tomorrow another day rises with some more trials and tribulations. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Kerekere, toko ingoa no Tūranga Nui Akiwa, korongo whakata ko te atanga mahaki ko ngai tāmarihiri oku nei iwi. Uh, so originally from uh, Te Petu o Te Ao, Gisborne, and uh, living now in Purirua, and kaimahi takatāpui uh, taiohi for the Out There Queer Youth Project. So you just tell me what's, what's happened this morning. 
Oh, kia ora. It's the second day of our hui and uh, we started off with finding out where everybody's from. We've doubled our numbers from two years ago. From about 70, we've got about 150 people here from about 27 different um, queer groups around the country. This morning we've been talking about identity, uh, not so much labels about what other people call us and the kind of homophobia and things, something transphobia that our young people experience, but about identity, what our young people are calling themselves, uh, how they came out and um, how it is, what it is that is, makes them proud of who they are now. Oh, kia ora, ko Lucas Jones tōku ingoa, no awa nui a hau, uh, no te hiko o teika, muri whenua. Uh, ai. Oh, kia ora, kia ora, um, kia ora Lucas. Well, so what brings you here today? I mean, and we know the kaupapa of, of the uh, the um, the weekend, but, you know, what brings you here? Um, I came here to support the kaupapa and really have a listen and a look at what's been done for for youth and haora, sexual health, and how it is that people are supported in their sexual identity and how we can uh, look at our young people and how we can encourage them to be strong in who they are so that they're not feeling... Uh, put down or lesser than anybody else. So it's about equality and looking at the kaupapa from, uh, from, from, from a Māori perspective and seeing what's happening for our Māori youth and what's happening with their sexual health and their sexual identity so we can have a look at each and everybody and see how this kaupapa is going to uh, encourage that whole uh, take. But um, I'm also, I've just uh, recently done some studies in uh, haora, so um, my my interest is in haora, uh, haora, sexual health haora, yeah, and um, looking at that from a holistic point of view. I, so d- describe to me what, what holistic view means. <clears throat> When I say a holistic view, I mean from a Māori perspective and looking at it from tikanga, looking at it from tikanga, manakitanga, and using those principles from our tūpuna to, uh, to uh, see the world through different eyes. Yeah, to see the world through different eyes. And not only through Māori eyes, but eyes of peace. Eyes of peace. And the beautiful thing about this kaupapa is if you're here, you can see it. Good things are happening, so I total call this kaupapa. How did you come out? Are you? Do you identify yourself as queer, takatapui? Um, takatapui, ai takatapui, and um, I don't know. Everyone's different. You just, you know, you do your thing, and I suppose you know, um, you say uh, manga manga mahi o te tangata ka kite te iwi ne. Era e hara te mea ma te manga manga mahi ne manga mahi o te tangata. Oh, kapai. And um. I'll, listening to the stories here, yeah. listening to the stories here today from the young people, it's just been amazing. Especially the really young people, you know, 14, 15, 16, wow. 17, 18, 19, all the way up to 30, you know, this is what the kaupapa is. And, um, it's a good whakawhanaungatanga. Oh, um creating relationships, networking, all that sort of kaupapa. So from a Māori, as a Māori yourself, is it getting easier for Māori men and women 
to come out, do you think, um, to their whānau? Are whānau more accepting, do you feel, about oh, yeah, I being think gay whānau, and lesbian? I think whānau are, yeah, whānau definitely are. But I think the biggest thing is to accept yourself. Don't worry about what other people have to say. Mm. Accept yourself. And that goes for anything, regardless of whether it's sexuality, mentality, spirituality, even economic stuff. I mean, <laughs> I ain't got no money in the pocket, but hey, I ain't poor. Yeah. <laughs> we'll meet down here. Our little, our little entertainment will meet down here. So we've got our action sus. We'll do ours first so that we can get off and watch the rest. <laughs> <laughs> All right? That's the plan. Oh, so they're like, well, that's going to be a hard entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Kia ora koli vai Bristow tēnei, uh, atu i te hoki anga ki tau mārere, uh, anō hoki ko tētahi pānga oku ki roto o te arawa waka. Oh, kia ora, kia ora e hoa. And so Levi, what, what do you do as part of your, your, your mahi, your work? Um, I'm a freelancer media. Um, I've worked in uh, Ngāreo Irirangi Māori for the last eight years as a freelancer. Um, I've worked for all the Māori radio stations northward bound of the Harbour Bridge. I've also done a bit of TV, but I was privileged in 2007 to get the job as the male presenter. I became the third male presenter for the series Takatapui, which was the world's first indigenous GLBT show. So when I mean the first world's indigenous GLBT gay and lesbian um, uh, trans, transgender um, show, is that we... We seemed to have looked at the um, Takatapu uh, issues or the GLBT issues um, from an indigenous perspective. The show Takatapu has definitely made some inroads in terms of promoting Māori gay and lesbian. So, what, what do you think the show has done for Māori? Um, I think what the show has done for Māori, as per Māori television and Māori radio, it's actually um, brought Māori to an international light um, in its more diverse lifestyles and um, meaning more talking openly about sexuality. As um, being Māori, we would all know that it's not a, it's, it's a bit of a hush-hush thing in the house, in some households, but I think now in the last 20 years is um, Fano and, and Hapu and Māori um, throughout Aotearoa have... Um, used media as a means of way um, to actually publicise um, issues which are dear to our heart and sometimes it's also brought out issues which aren't that dear to the heart but issues which need to be spoken about and brought to the, um, brought to the world light. So let's bring it to the conference and well let's take it to, to yourself personally. Um, I made the mistake of assuming that a, a young boy he was queer but he was actually straight. Do you describe yourself as queer takatapui? Um, I hear, I, I've, I've heard 
that come up a bit about how people identify themselves yeah. and whether they're asexual, gay, gay male, yes. gay female, um, queer. And these are all the connotations and stereotypes yeah. which are put on the individual. Um, some people may, yes, assume that that person may be queer or diverse, sexually diverse. Um, my identity is Māori. And um, that's how I identify first and foremost, as I'm a Māori male. And why I say that is that my sexual preference or my gender preference um, should not really come into question. Because as I meet somebody, um, the first question is, what's your name? What do you do for a living? It's not like, um, are you into girls or are you into boys? Or are you into a bit of both? Um, but no, um, majority of the time, no, I do identify as takatāpui. Or, or, or also known as takapui. So are you saying then, Levi, that um, you, you identify yourself as Māori? Are there two cultures to it? Because you have a takatāpui culture, per se, and then a Māori culture at the marae, takatāpui, at a drag show. Uh, are you saying that you sort of combine and the, both those cultures? Well, one thing that Māori are good at is actually um, adapting, adopting and evolving. And so when it comes to using those two cultures, yes, it is, it is two cultures. So I have a Māori culture and I have a takatāpui culture. And those also involve two different types of social settings, <laughs> uh, social groups. And so um, when, it, when we talk about the dynamics of diversity, that's what it's about. And um, first and foremost is that you're human. Mm, mm. Yeah, and so that's why um, I think for me as being Māori and having a very strong upbringing into Te Ao Māori, it's um, given me the, it's, it's equipped me with the tools in which I need to adapt to any situation that, that I need to be in. Tell, tell me about your, your whānau, um, life on the marae and, and, and coming out in that period. Was it hard? Well... When I was with my whānau, um, coming out wasn't necessarily right a letter to my loving on the way I dropped it. <laughs> Someone must have picked it up and put it in their pocket. <laughs> and then it was put all over to cut it. <laughs> no, it wasn't necessarily like that. Well, neither did I put out an invitation. Um, exactly. You know, um, growing up on the marae and growing up in the valley in Firinaki and with my komats and queer and my cousins and all yes. those you know I still had to do the boy thing the Maori boy thing you played rugby every Saturday with everybody else you went to rugby training every Wednesday and Thursday with everybody else and you just fell in and that was just the normal way of life um, but coming out you know everybody else knew that there was something Unique about you, yeah. and a bit of a cack hand, and you know <laughs> your hand on the hope. <laughs> Stand there like your auntie growling the rest of the cousins. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I was I was quite late coming out, really. Okay, I must have been nineteen, twenty. Would you say that your whānau knew? Oh, my whānau were... knew. Yeah. All the whānau know. Yeah. And for any takatāpui or young puft or up and coming tranny and training or lesbian out there. The far no no. Yes. But I think with the opportunity that um, te kaha, uh, that Kaha provides for the conference um, this weekend and for a lot of the other conferences and with all the mahi that NZAF have done, um, it's provided a safe environment and an opportunity for young people to create dialogue 
um, about diversity of sexuality and gender preference and, and those sorts of things. And when I was growing up, it wasn't heard of. It wasn't heard of. So 10 years ago, um, 10 years ago, no, we just had to play rugby with the rest of the boys and we just had to fall in behind and that was okay. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. But until I found the bright lights in Auckland after getting out of the valley, I found a new life. And so when um, I was given the opportunity to be the third male presenter for Takatapui, um, I found it quite liberating because I just thought gay was gay all around the whole spectrum. Um, I learned the difference between drag and tranny, you know, um, I learned the difference. So, so uh, um, it opened up my eyes because I was forced to research a lot of gay kaupapa. Yeah, yeah. And were you scared coming from the valley to the bright lights? I mean, God, were you overwhelmed? Um, or did you, I'm here, I'm finally here? Or That's what it was. It's yeah. like, yay, I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> I've made it and I'm here. <laughs> what was really good is that um, the opportunity which Kaha provides for the young people um, at the conference is, uh, is, is an opportunity for them to, um, to find themselves and to find young people like them. Because growing up in my time... Um, it was a very difficult time to find people who were the same. It was a very lonely time too, thinking that you're the only one. You know, why do I feel like this? And now the young people, they're just so liberated. I'm yes. so happy for them. You know, happy yeah. little campers. I'm camp mother <laughs> and camp leader, and I'm like loving it. Yeah. And so, so I'm just like, kia ora kia koutou, kia ora kia rato. So yeah, with, with this opportunity which, um, which NZAF has given to the young yeah. people this, um, this weekend, is a wonderful opportunity, and um, I feel just as liberated as them, you know, cause, awesome. because there's 10 years difference between me and some of these younger people, the, the, the participants, and I'm just like, um, I'm glad that the world has come to their senses, you know, and I'm glad that um, if we were to go tomorrow, is that they'll be still self-opinionated enough and still liberal enough to continue and endeavour. Mm. Fantastic, Levi. Do you find, um, do you see yourself as, I mean, you know, Māori people, we see each other at the marae and we kind of, I mean, for me, for example, when I when I first went into the door, I was like, okay, brown faces, sure, you know. Do you see yourself as a mentor in the future for, for Māori men, gay, coming up? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I definitely see myself as a mentor, you know, because um, it's something that I have to give back to the community. Yeah as for what was given to me when I was a young person. And I was telling all the young people is that um, when I first found a niche in the gay society, <laughs> in the gay community, is that all my mentors were 18 to 20 years plus older than me. So I didn't have young, young people my age at that time. And so I'm thankful that, I've, that, 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 that my mentors have looked after me. And I've still got one of my mentors here today. Oh, yeah, wow. Yep, so... Um, and we've we continued good relationships, and so we've we, we, we've come to um, hand on some of our stories and hand on some of our love and our nurturing to the up and coming um, takatapu and gay lesbian and Chinese in training. It's you know, it's, a, it's a, yeah. So, so, so I would see myself to be a kaitiaki for them too. Oh,
flat. Well, I met my little brown-eyed girl down by the riverside, way down, down by the Justine at the National Queer Youth Hui held at Tapitiranga Marae in Wellington. I'm Maraia Rakaraku. And I'm Justine Murray, and this is Tiahika on Radio New Zealand National. For photos from the conference and to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, go to our website radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. If people want the definition of hate, read about the death of Stanley Waipodi. In December 2006, Takatapui Māori Stanley Waipodi was beaten to death in his Palmerston North flat by two men. It emerged in the trial that followed a year later that Waipodi was the victim of a hate crime, targeted because he was gay. Which provided the subject matter for a Takatapui episode. It's a queer-focused Māori programme that screens on Māori television about hate crimes and the death of Stanley Waipodi. Made by Front of the Box Productions, the same people who make the current affairs programme Eye to Eye, which is hosted by Willie Jackson, the Takatapui episode went on to win the premier prize at that year's Peace Media Awards. In this recording from 2007, Willie Jackson, in his Radio Wātea talkback slot, Pākiwaha, is with the producer Jude Anaru talking about the award, the programme, and of course the death that triggered it all, which at that time was unsolved. His winning entry focused on hate crimes and detailed the unsolved murder of Stanley Waipodi, apparently bashed this death because of his homosexuality. The program dealt with the subsequent grief, subsequent grief and anger felt by Stan's Farno as they battled to get their brother and friend's death further investigated by police. Jude Naru, the uh, mega producer, joins me now. Kia ora, Jude. Oh, Willie, really, I don't know about Mega. Mega. Little, little maybe. <laughs> so this was a very good award to win, Jude. Yeah, it is, actually. It's a really good one because it talks about um, this award is sort of more meaningful than counting all the people with bums on seats. Hmm. This, this is an award that says that we've made a contribution, and in this case, a contribution against um, battling violence in the society, which is um, really kind of special. Yeah, yeah. It's a sad story, very sad story, this uh, one about uh, Stanley Waipodi. Yeah, um, the, the, the second, it's actually the second batch of stories that we've done against, um, about hate crimes, but this one about Stanley was particularly moving because it was told by the Fano and friends who um, spoke about their personal loss 
about their personal anger, about their personal feelings from losing somebody who's so dear to them. And um, we managed to hop onto it pretty um, quickly after the event, even though it was a few months after the event. It was, um, everything was still fresh in their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, where was he bashed to death? Um, Palmerston Northman, in yeah. um, December of last year. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did they get the people who bashed them to death? Well, they've had a hearing, and um, they, as, as much as I know about that, is that they have had their hearing. Our story went to air before that, but they, the um, accused have been arraigned, and I think they have to stand up to their charges. Hmm. Yeah. A, I mean, it was pretty... They found bite marks that they think he may have had his ear bitten off. Um, and there was a particular part of his body that you use for reproduction that was missing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is that right? This is just... Uh Last year? Yeah, just last year. And in fact, because, um, you know, we've been a show about Kaupapa as well as um, about um, having been a normal television format, we were also told by the family that they had been encouraged not to open the coffin because of the state of the body. Oh, my God. But the family, um, but the family had a discussion about it and decided what they were going to do. Was he, was, was he, do. What sort of age was this fellow? Danny was 39 years old. So, you know, been around a while. You, yeah. You wouldn't think that today you would, this sort of thing would happen. Um, in fact, it happens all the time, Willie. Um, the story that we did also um, in the same program, there was a, another story which included the death of a 14-year-old um, who was also killed in what was recorded as a hate crime. Uh, yeah, no, no, I just think that, I mean, I'm really wrapped that you got the award, but uh, I just, yeah. uh, I do think that the, the, the story is, uh, well, I suppose it's, in my view it's more important than the award, much more important than the award, because, um, you know, people like me, I, you know, honestly, I, you don't, you're saying it goes on all the time. Yeah. I don't realise that, you know, you just think that it's so much more accepted, but we live in all, you know, like you'd think... Uh, Mind you, I live around Ponsonby, you know, I work around Ponsonby and all that, and you so you mm. just think it's a lot more accepted, you know, but maybe well, not. Well, there's actually a law at the moment, Willie, um, called the um, Panic Defence, which um, the gay community and others in Parliament are trying to get reversed. Mm. It's called the um, Panic Defence, and it allows a defendant to get away with manslaughter instead of murder if they um, argue that they were panicked into attacking somebody who provoked them by flirting with them um, from a um, gay perspective. No. Yeah, yeah. Sort of seen like it's provocation. Yes, yes. It's, provo it's an act of provocation. It is a section of law, but people are trying to get it turned around at the moment. And I think at the time that was our motivation for playing the story as well. Was to get that law turned around. Yes, yes, yes. So that is so, so some gay guy can flirt with you, so, and you, then you can justifiably beat them up. That's yeah, and and your charge would not be. I mean, if, if you were charged, you would get you would get away with manslaughter instead of murder. <laughs> Amazing piece of discrimination. Yeah, uh, uh, uh. Oh well, the, the back to the well. I mean, the award is for all of this. It must have been, and you know. It, it, Great to get the award, but uh, it must have been a tough program. Was it? T was it a tough program to make? Absolutely. I remember um, getting calls actually from the crew because they went down to Palmerston to do the story, and they came back sort of physically and mentally exhausted. Yes. So they were invited to go to the grave site, 
Yes. And all that sort of thing. And so, I mean, the thing with doing co-popper programming, as you know, is that not only do you walk in and out of the lives of people, but you walk in, in and out of the lives of their sorrows and their celebrations. Mm. And you get, you know, you get affected by the tapu and you get affected by um, people's loss and sadness. Mm. And sometimes that doesn't um, <laughs> fit into the schedule, but it, but it all happens. Wonderful. The particular um, story was Stanley Waipote for hate crimes. Oh, okay. Yes. At least it honours that bloke's life, eh? Stanley's yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's what the important thing is. The family, the, the family must be pleased too, the Waipote family. Kia ora, yeah. Jude. Oh, kia ora, Willie. All right, thanks very much. Willie Jackson and television producer Jude Anaru in a 2007 interview about the killing of Palmerston North Takatāpui man Stanley Waipodi in 2006. And Stanley's murder was eventually solved. Two men were prosecuted and are now in their second year of their non-parole period of a 15-year sentence. As for the panic defence legislation, it still remains unchanged and you can read all about that at our website radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. When New Zealand was going through a severe economic downturn in the late 1980s, the Ngāti Kuri people of Kaikoura responded by looking to their on-the-doorstep sea everyday natural resource, the whales. With parts of the Kaikoura coast as feeding grounds for whales, with some travelling as far away as Fiji, which is where they breed and have done for well forever. Ngāti Kuri decided what better way to invest in their future than to provide tours to where the whales are. So a number of them remortgaged their homes, secured a loan and started what we now know as the multi-million dollar business Whale Watch. And one day last September, I joined a party of tourists at Whale Watch and went on a mission to sight whales. Yes, it's the Whale Watch station. Okay, so... (laughs) Has this all been built as a um, as a result of the success of the Whale Watch business? Yes. So there's a calf. Oh, yeah, and I can see all these young fellas with a crew on their jackets. Kia ora. Hey. How am I? Yes. And what, every day the Whale Watch bus parks up, people jump in it? Yes, that's right. And then head off to, where do we go to? You go over to South Bay where they launch the boats and you go out on that side of the coastline to go see the whales. Which side? The South Bay side. Wow, I I always thought the whales were like kind of over here. Look, they are further offshore but not inland. Have you fellas seen whales? Yes. Did you grow up around here? Oh, okay. For about 10 years. Mm. But did you grow up around here as well? Um, Yes. And you see them all the time? Yes. Peter, Peter's a, a trustee of, of Whale Watch. Yeah. So you're a trustee of Whale Watch? Yes, yeah? yes I am. Yeah. So what does that involve? Um, we're the part of the... <laughs> just doing charitable trust things yeah. for the company, yep. Oh, for the company, so mm. you feed back stuff into the community, do you? Yeah, certainly do. So it must be pretty neat, eh, to have um, lots of whānau employed in a healthy, thriving business. Yep, yeah, it's fantastic. It was part of the dream of the original trustees that started the company up. Right. Yep. So, so what's your name? Peter Clayton. And what's your name? <laughs> Raymond Clayton. And Raymond is a driver and he's also the papa of Peter. Yeah, and also one of the co-founders of the company. Yeah. 
Oh, we'll see. Now he's doing a runner. <laughs> you can't tease like that. Come back. Pete, Pete's the successor from his mother. His mother was one of the founders of the so, so was that your nanny and Kuya who first came up with the whole idea, the solemn? Song? Yep, there was um, my father Raymond and Rebecca Clayton, there was Miriamma and Spencer Kahu, uh, Wurumu and Rio Solomon and Terry Sonnell. And how long ago was that, Peter? Um, 21 years this year. And it's just been going hard out since, yep. eh? Yep, Because what were some of the economic things happening here in Kaikoura um, the, at that time? The, the local Natakuri Hapu, we, we didn't have any real employment. I mean, there were railway workers, there were fish crew, but there was no actual company begun for the company. And, of course, being a local town, all the whanos that started butcheries and that started up their own companies and employed their own, which is completely natural, which is the reason why Whalewatch started. Must have had a bit of an offshoot to the business, though, eh, in terms of the oh, whole of the Kaikoura the, township? The township wouldn't be the way it is today. I mean, it's renowned. Mm. I mean, I've been waiting, you fellas. Yep. As soon as I walked into Kaikoura, I was waiting for the coda to start jumping on me. <laughs> yeah, I was no, a little disappointed no. when the shower didn't happen. I know, it is a shock. <laughs> it is a shock. <laughs> but the other thing you're renowned for are the whales. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it's been great. I mean, the two boys that are on the Whale Watch bus at the moment, they're the mokopuna of one of the founders as well. Oh, cheer. So, it's, Neat. it's good to see. Yep. Lovely. Kia ora, Ewa. Kawaito, Ewa. Kaarere. Kaarere. Yes. What about you, Ewa? Yone. 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 And what are your fellows' role on this? Um, well, I'll be the tour guy for the tour. And I'll be safety manager. Kia ora. Hey everybody, kia ora everybody! <laughs> hey girls. Hi. So I'm with Radio New Zealand National. Uh, okay, so I'm with Radio New Zealand National and I'm doing a recording of this tour. So we're on a bus. There was a bit of a brief before you got on the bus, so. Oh, it was just general get on the bus, we're going to this side, hop on the boat. Were you watching the video that they had playing in there? Yes, we were. Yeah. And it showed whales <laughs> swimming in the sea. Yeah. It was very informative. So you two English gals, have you ever seen whales before? <laughs> Apart from I'm moving. actually Irish. Irish. Well, uh, no, Irish. I haven't. I'm English. Irish and English gals. No? Um, no, I've never seen a whale before. I've seen a whale in Australia. So your whole knowledge of New Zealand isn't defined by the Whale Rider movie, is it? No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> What's this community here called? Um, South Bay. What's this? Doesn't it have a Māori name? Uh, I think it's Te Wairua o Te Huku. Ah, yeah. And this is where we depart from? Yes, um, it's another couple more minutes and we should be there. Okay. So how many of these tours that you do a day? Um, throughout winter we do three tours a day per vessel, which is two. Oh. All up will be six. Throughout the summer we we use four vessels. Yeah. And uh, we'll be doing 12 tours a day. So what's your role here? Uh, today at the moment I'm safety officer. So what does that entail? Uh, just monitoring everyone's movements, that they are travelling all right on the ocean. Um, just making sure that yeah everyone's fine and chatting away to people. So we are how far away are we from 
uh, where we departed from in South Bay? About eight miles now. Okay. And how many sky towers is it down below us? Oh, we're probably in about a thousand metres of water. So, so that's three sky towers? Yes, at least. Wow. <laughs> They'll be kept in stowing to be used for various seconds of ice that we have to help us track and aid these whales. The device is known as a hydrophone. It's an underwater directional microphone. Captain Rex is heading out to the left-hand side of our vessel, placing this device over the side. Fingers crossed that he is picking up sperm whale activity with this, hy- with this hydrophone here. I will get back to you very shortly on what the update is. Captain Rex, could you just tell me what you were just doing? I oh, was just trying to track this uh, whale in the uh, area here at the moment. Because it looks like what you're using is a long stick that's got a... Um, microphone on the end, that's the one. And does that have a frequency on it that whales can pick up on? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it picks up the frequency that these sperm whales. It's a low frequency sound that the whales uh, send out. And that's basically what this hydrophone picks up on. And that's Rex, he's the captain. Yep. So you know what just happened then? What was it? We when were, he put the thing in the water? Oh, he was listening in on the hydrophone. It's like an underwater directional microphone. Yeah. Just placing it in the water. He's listening for the whale's echolocation. Now that's a series of sound blasts that the whale sends out at sonar. The Good whale shape, so. sends out these series of rhythmic clicks, which is their sonar. And that allows them to navigate because they dive at really huge depths. Um, they don't use their eyes to get around. They send out these blasts of sounds that vibrates off the walls of the canyon or what's around them, and they receive the vibrations back. So the captain listens for that sound. Oh. So he doesn't just drive the boat. Oh, he's 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 the main man. He is. He's the main man. He is the man. <laughs> this is a pretty neat job, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You get to cruise around on the. Um, this is like a launch. <laughs> <laughs> so how many boats make up whale watch? Um, we've got about four, four boats. Yep. What's uh, the name one of on one? a trailer. Yep. One sits on a trailer. Unbelievable, but yep. We have a spare one on the trailer as well. So that's five in total. Yeah. And what's the name of this one? Uh, Tahora. This is the name of the vessel that you're on today. Yep. Any days when you get sick of going out, Rex? Oh, it's always a challenge coming out here and um, trying to find out where these whales are, yeah. Must be a buzz though, eh, when you see everyone's faces when they see them? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the other thing, though, is, is it's also you don't know what you're going to see out here half the time, and that's, hey. uh, that's part of the adventure, yeah, you look forward to that. So Every day is different. You must know these waters pretty intimately, then. Are you born and bred here? Oh, no, no, I'm up from the North Island. Oh, hey, yeah. what about you from yeah. Rex? Um, Turangi, yep, Turangi. Too funny, boy, eh? <laughs> yeah. But you've come to know the oceans pretty well, eh? Yeah, I have over the years, yep, yep, I've come to know it and uh, I learned to respect it too, that's a big thing as well, you know. Respect the uh, environment and the creatures that you have in, in it as well, yeah, awesome. What's been some of the, what's been one of the most amazing things you've experienced while you've been part of this? Um, Yes, uh, when I seen about 60 to 80 whales around the vessel, these are sperm whales that we're talking about. Wow. Everywhere you looked, and um, yeah, just sperm whales everywhere, that was quite amazing. Yeah. How often does that happen? Oh, very rarely. Uh, yeah, I've only seen it once in the 10 years that I've been working for Whale Watch. 
so uh, yeah, it's not very often you get it like that. Look at the sperm whale! <laughs> that is the fourth largest whale in the world, and we are up close and versatile. Oh, oh my goodness, there's two! Probably yeah, what? Two. How far away are we? About 200 meters? Oh my god, I want to come away. Come up close, come up close, come up close. Oh, it's blowing its spout. Oh my goodness. We've got two. We've got two, and we're right in the middle of two whales. Oh my god, there's something that size in the ocean. <laughs> oh my Holy god! Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so we're, wow, probably wow. like 100 meters from wow. the whale now. And She's pretty big. Oh, she, actually, it's a he. It's really it's a big. Because the females. And um, hang out down in Fiji somewhere, apparently. Holy moly, how many metres do you reckon, Mutter? I'm not very good, but it looks like about four cars. <laughs> okay, maybe five. Maybe five Holdens. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, really wow. smooth, no barnacles on top. Wow. And there's the other one over there. She's starting, she's blowing over there. I mean, he's blowing. Oh my god, but look at how close that one is. <laughs> and that's the head we can see. <clears throat> you can take photos if you talk to me. <laughs> hey? Huh? Here you go, anyone want to go? You want to have a talk? How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling okay. <laughs> okay, it's pretty thrilling. <laughs> Is this the first time that you've seen a whale? Yes. It's so awesome, isn't it? Oh my god. Up close and personal to probably an 18, 20 metre yeah, whale. I'm feeling a little emotional actually. <laughs> well, we've got a couple of uh, northern giant petrels coming into land quite close to the whale. Wow. So how long do they stay up on surface for? Anywhere between 5, 10, sometimes even up to 15 minutes. Because then they like take a big gulp of air? They make a small bodily movement, they push themselves forward, so and that's when we can see they're about the to dive. Cardi on the microphone, he'll let everyone know when they, he can see that the whale's about to start diving. That's when they lift up their tail. Okay. So, Cardi, um, you're one of the guides here. Now, at the moment, we're looking at a whale. How long is that? Well, this whale that we are sitting right beside, we're measuring anywhere around 16 to 17 metres. Uh, weighing in around 40 to 45 tonne. We've been viewing this whale since 1991. He spends around six to seven months feeding off our coastline. Uh, this whale here that we are sitting right beside goes by the identification name of Manu. How do you know? How can you tell which whale is, you know? Now, by the way, how we can tell this here is Manu before he dives. That he's got a couple of nicks taken out of the top of his dorsal fin. Second way that we can tell is that he's got a lot of craters on top of his head. What are craters? Uh, like on the moon, oh, like yeah. there's a lot of holes. Like where someone's beating down on Manu's head with a hammer. But the true way how we do identify this whale being Manu is when he dives, he has a silhouette of a bird within his tail flukes. Now before we saw two sperm whales right. and they dived at exactly the same time now. How often does that occur? Well, that occurs once every blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the time, we're definitely lucky to see that happen. So how long do they stay on surface for? 
around five to ten minutes these whales spend up on the surface. Uh, for each minute they spend on the surface gives them a four to six minute dive down below. So they'll be gone for the next 40 to 60 minutes if they spend 10 minutes on the surface exactly. And then they literally, as we see their tail, you know, when it flips up and as they go down, they're literally just dive bombing down, eh? Yes, and this whale here is on its way here. Leanne, it's about to dive. Right, have your ladies and gentlemen, do get your cameras ready. Final breath of air. Have your arching on the bank, get your cameras ready. It's tail time. Down. Here he goes. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's quite graceful. Oh, sure is. Hey, I thought it'd be like, whoosh, bing. Seen too many movies, eh? Yeah. Ranging from the gannets, terns, prion, shearwaters, petrels, gulls, and several species of the albatross. Out on the left hand side, we have a northern giant petrel, that big dark brown bird, the largest out of all the petrels. Haven't seen any albatross lately, however, I will try my hardest pointing them out to you. Now, those little black and white birds that you see flying around our vessel. With uh, the white splotches on the upper wing. They are cane petrels or cane pigeons. We've got a large albatross that's out on the right hand side there, ladies and gentlemen. Float behind us. Uh, this is uh, Barney's Rock at the moment. Yep, yeah, it's a uh, breeding colony for the New Zealand fur seals. Yeah. And what are their seasons of. Um, uh, are they hanging around? A well, you generally find them here all year round, but um, they usually give birth to their pups about uh, Christmas time. So uh, I guess a lot of these um, females will be pregnant at the moment, but it's not actually until Christmas time that they give birth to their calves. Yeah, they're pregnant for, uh, what is it, uh, just about um, the whole year, actually. Amazing. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have a couple of days off to have their pups, and yep, they're pregnant again. Hi. <laughs> I didn't even see you on the boat. What was that like? Amazing. Inspiring. It was great. <laughs> we saw. The two worlds together were quite good. Yeah, it was beautiful, the way their tails landed right at the same time. Managed to get some photos? Yeah, lots. Lots of photos and a little video as well, so very happy with that. Yep, it was successful. Yeah, it's been overwhelming, eh? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well my name's Lisa and my role at Whale Watch Kaikoura is that of public relations. So I deal with media, I deal with film crews, I do talks to schools, um, I go into the local schools and do initiatives, etc. And I'm also a captain as well. Yeah. What do you mean you, um, you're a captain? I'm a captain, well I drive the boat, I have been for the last seven years. I started off at the company as a guide and worked my way up to captain and then I've moved further up and now... Uh, 
deal with the media, etc. G.A. Gill, so you're a whale spotter. Yeah, that's me. Wow. Yep, Captain Lisa. <laughs> so, Captain Lisa, how many uh, how many whales have you spotted in your time since you've worked here? I've spotted many. I think the, the most uh, amazing day we had was there was around about 1,500 to 2,000, um, what are they called? Southern right whale dolphins, which was pretty amazing. They are dolphins that have no dorsal fin. They're very streamlined, and they were, as far as the eye could see, they were they were there. You don't see that very often, so that was a pretty special day. So I'm assuming that's a bit like tingles up the spine. Yeah, it was amazing. Even the crew got excited, you know. <laughs> Hands off the wheel, get your own camera out, some material, you know. So, um, but with sperm whales, which is what you saw today, when you came whale watching, uh, the most I've seen on one tour is about 20. Yeah. <sighs> Usually it's one or two, but we saw about 20 that day, so that was pretty spectacular as well. Now, we're sitting in the old railway station in Kaikoura, yes. and it looks like you've made a bit of a business yeah, out made of a this whale-watching thing, eh? Definitely. Um, when we first began, within the first couple of years, we took around 4,000 people whale-watching, and of that, around 3,000 of them were international tourists. Uh, Roll the picture forward about 20 years, and last year we took just over 100,000 people whale-watching, and we had around a million people pass through our town. So definitely things have turned around in the last 20 years. It's great. Because we're looking, we're sitting in an area that's uh, it's like an outdoor cafeteria type erection. And uh, on the concrete walls around us are murals of yep. various sea, sea lions. We wanted to capture what Kaikoura was about. So we've got the power, we've got the crayfish, we've got There's the albatross. We albatross. saw some albatross yes. today, actually. So we've tried to gather it all. We've got surfing down the other end and just the local fauna and flora as well. So we tried to capture that on the wall so that when the customers sit here, they can... Yeah, experience a bit of Kaikoura. Plus there's a cafe here as well. Yep, Flux Cafe, keeping with the whale theme. <laughs> and there's this really neat thing as you come into the, um, drive into the car park yeah. there, there's, the sperm whale watch hump. out for sperm whale, and it's a hump that's been yep. made in the shape Speed of the sperm hump. whale. Yeah, so that's just a bit of a quirky thing. Yeah. Now the iwi that are based here, they founded the business. Yes. Um, how much input? does the iwi still have lots in the business? Um, because the people who forefounded the company, it's now their children that sit on the board and make decisions, etc. Uh, we have a board of trustees and then we have the local iwi that um, speak as well. So it's definitely still 100% Māori owned and Naitahu also has, Naitahu Holdings have quite a significant say as well. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> and the, I mean the original plan was to create employment for not only the generation then but for generations to come and over the last couple of years we've been hiring grandchildren of the four founders so it's definitely um, doing what it was set out to do was to create a future so that's great. Now I'm assuming that there have been other businesses within Kaikoura that have kind of ended up coming off yes. this business yeah. and it would it's be, created uh, such a hive of activity here in Kaikoura. Yeah. There's lots of restaurants now, there's lots of bed and breakfast, there's motels, hotels. Um, you've got all your extracurricular activities that you can do if whale watching's cancelled, like quad biking, horse riding, uh, you can go seal swimming, dolphin swimming, snorkelling, you know, you can do it all now. Go by helicopter, go by aeroplane. So there's a hive of activities that have become available since the beginning of whale watch, really. So what yeah. are some of the ways that whale watch... Uh, feeds back into the community? Um, we're a charitable trust so when we're doing well so is the community you know we give uh, to sports 
teams. We we always have people asking, and it's weighed up. You know, we give to um, other charities around the town. We support the volunteer services, such as the ambulance and the fire, which is great because they do a great service for the community. So um, we're always looking at ways that we can put back into the community. And we um, also sit on the local tourism boards. We've got a representative. Um, we go to the local council meetings. And so we try and interact in every way we can. We um, definitely got a strong tie with the marae here as well. And so, yeah. So Whale Watch has got a definite presence here yep. within the community. Yes. Kia ora te iwi a kātikuri, ko maraia rakuraku tēnei. And I'm Justin Murray, and at our website, radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika, there's information and web links about the tourist operation Whale Watch. Ina ke te mōhiokwe ko waikwe i anga maikwe ihia, ke te mōhiokwe ke te anga tukihia. So if you know who you are and where you're from, you know where you're going. And um, I think that's a, that's a good start. And you have to always, always have to start with yourself. So to know who you are, not necessarily as a, 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 as a whānau unit or a hapu unit, but as long as you know who you are and you know where you come from, then you know where you're going from. Uh, no reira, ina ke te mōhio koe no kōwaikoe i anga mai koe i hia, ke te mōhio koe ke te anga atuki hia. And so that's always helped me along. So um, I would say to the up-and-comings and also the curious, <laughs> is that's a good starting point it's just first and foremost it's about yourself and it's not in a selfish term but to know yourself and to love yourself in order for yourself to love others you need to love yourself first Koe tai ki te wā mutunga o te ahika. He mihi nunui tēnei ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki me te kaira wiki wiki mihini Hoki mai anō a tērā wiki i te iwi Mauri ora tātou katoa